Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast, and hopefully you enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hello, and today we have Mr. Brad Lynch with us on the show. How's it going today? It's going good, Rob. How are you doing? Hey, not too bad for an old bald fat guy on a Friday evening. On a Friday evening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I've been... Uh listening to some of your podcasts uh, oh, as you've been uh, producing them. And I, I really like what you've got going there. It's really cool. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's like a little time capsule for the Peace Country musicians. Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. I'm personally, quite quite honored to call myself a Peace Country musician. I, I'm, I'm not originally from the Peace Country, but I, I call it home now. So it's uh, there's so much talent and uh, creative juices flowing up in this uh, up in this area must be something in that in that river running through i guess i don't know it's definitely in the water yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right on well not everybody knows who you are brad so tell us a little bit of your background where you're from where you grew up and all that good stuff well i grew up um i i call grand prairie home now um i've been out here now for well, i guess I, i've lived in alberta for 20 four years and uh prior to that i was uh, born and raised uh as far as growing up i'm still growing up right now um <laughs> but my early years were spent in newfoundland um way back on the east coast i lived in a small eastern uh fishing community an outport community where uh i think at the peak when things were really booming for i guess the only the only the only industry was fishing at that time and uh, the town was about 160 people. So it, um, I, I come from big metropolis areas, right? So <laughs> not even close. Yeah, so that's, I was, yeah, I, was, I started growing up back there and then ended up in Alberta and it kind of spent some time all over Alberta. But uh, I've called the peace country home now for the last, like I said, the last 16, 17 years I've been up here and, uh, and, and quite enjoy it. Well, very good, very good. So, um, in your family, was there a lot of music when you were growing up? Obviously, you know, coming from Newfoundland, well, all the kitchen parties and everything. Absolutely. Kitchen parties. I remember I grew up two or three years of my life. We lived at, uh, at my grandparents' place. So, uh, my grandfather was um, an avid musician. He would, uh, but it was a kitchen party musician. He never really took to any stages or anything, but... Um, you know, if the, if it was really windy and, and you couldn't go out fishing or, or if, if the quota was caught or, or, or whatever, whatever excuse really, uh, he could find, he was sitting at the kitchen table and there was always a crowd around and, uh, he would play, he'd play guitar or banjo, uh, accordion, whatever. Didn't matter. He just kind of picked it up and, uh, no formal education in it or anything. It was just something he preferred to do. He loved to do. And. And uh, I mean, as a hardworking fisherman, uh, you know, risking his 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 life and his and his body going out onto the ocean all the time, he absolutely reveled in uh, having a house full of people. Early on, I started as soon as I was as soon as I was talking, because it was such it was it was a, a part of our fabric. You know, the radio was always on, or there was somebody playing something, or there was a crowd around singing and partying dancing or what have you and uh so i started i started chiming in at, at a very early age and uh there's lots of photos and 
I mean, that this was before the time of, of social media and everything gets posted to Facebook. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the evidence is not as not as easy to find, but there's lots <laughs> of photos of uh, of me as a three and four year old standing up on the table, kind of singing along to a to a Newfie jig type thing or a, or, a, or a traditional tune, Celtic tune. All the people around from from the party would, would be kind of throwing money, <laughs> throwing money at the table. So I don't even know if that's even legal anymore. But um, <laughs> so, maybe not at that age. Not at that age. No, I don't know how that works. But anyway, it was um, that's that was my beginnings when it come to when it came to music was my grandfather and my mother was uh, she loved to sing, still loves to sing. She's got a wonderful voice, and um, that was something that was it was a really strong bond between her and I, and and uh, even my grandfather and I. He was uh, a very crucial part of my early development in in my life, and uh, somebody. I mean, he's passed away now, but I still, still to this day, I carry around and in my gig bag when I go to shows, I've got a watch of his um, that stays in my gig bag, and it's it's it stays right beside the stage every show. So I I kind of feel like he's there with me a little bit. He's uh, he's keeping time. That's why he's got the watch. So. That's why I uh, I take that I take that with me, but that's where the that's where the family the family musical ties really started was him. Nobody really outside of myself early on. None of my cousins or aunts or uncles or any they didn't really take to to music. It was really it was my grandfather, myself, and my mom were the ones that really played or sang or, or what have you. So yeah, nice. So you're mentioning there was a whole bunch of instruments that your your grandfather played. Wh- which one did you pick up on the easiest? Well, when I was about seven, I started playing the button accordion. Oh yeah, uh, believe it or not, uh, not necessarily a popular instrument, <laughs> but uh, I started playing that uh, at about seven, and I was playing a lot of the you know the, the kind of the traditional Newfoundland music some Celtic stuff or, or even, even some popular music that I play on there as well. Um, but then as I got a little bit older, I realized that I think when I got closer to my teens, I, I picked up the guitar at around 10, but I started to realize that the girls really liked the guitar players way more than accordion players. <laughs> so, so that became a priority number uno for me, yeah. uh, <laughs> was, uh, was picking whatever the girls liked. Right. So, um, I, I've since matured from 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 that, but uh, that was definitely <laughs> definitely a, a deciding factor early on. So because I I, I like to sing, that was uh, the vocals were were definitely the primary thing for me as, as a kid, right? So yeah. uh, I really only picked up the guitar just to accompany my voice. It, I, I had no interest in in what a lot of guys were doing. You know, they were kind of picking up and. And playing lead parts and, you know, shredding or they're playing whatever. I just, I only wanted to learn enough just to get through a song so I could sing it. Nice. And, uh, and, and for that matter, I mean, I, I, I kind of kept that tor- sort of mentality for quite some time until I got a little bit older. And I was like, well, maybe I should probably put a little bit more time into this as well. So, <laughs> so is that who inspired you to take up all the music or was there anybody else who inspired you for for the direction yeah, that you he, I, I, I tell you, um, I, I, I've been thinking about this, um, you know, chatting with you today, and I was kind of reminiscing a little bit uh, with my with my other half, and kind of telling her some stories, and 
really he was the because of the connection we had what music meant to him it it that was my primary inspiration of course there's lots of inspirations as as you get older and 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 kind of get into music there's lots of lots of things that enforce that passion but really what started the fire was was my grandfather by all means perfect so then who did you gravitate to as an artist like who who did you listen to the most well again like early early on there was such a an eclectic sound uh, of of music that was around right so of course there was a lot of the 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 traditional stuff that was it was just there, right? Every Sunday morning, the you know the radio station would play the traditional music. Yeah. Um, when we'd have get-togethers, there was always kind of traditional Newfoundland music, or there'd be Celtic music involved. Uh, I I gravitated at an early age. Um, I really took a liking to 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 Rod Stewart mm-hmm. because I just loved I just loved what he what what he did. And I remember as five and six years old, I would go around singing the rhythm of my heart um, oh, yeah. by Rod Stewart. <laughs> so. Yeah. But I mean, and then I mean, there was Blue Rodeo. There was there was such a, I couldn't really pick pick a, a favorite genre or artist that was something that was that I I gravitated to because there was such an eclectic collection of of, of music. Uh, you know, I remember early earlier in my probably my early teens, um, late elementary years, we'll say Bon Jovi came out with the Slippery When Wet <laughs> album. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I would I would sing along front to back on that. I mean, at that time it was cassette tapes, but yeah. um, so there's just such a there, there. I couldn't really pinpoint one particular, but um, there's lots lots of different types of music that really influenced what I what I went on to do. I think a large array of musicians and groups and everything like that mm-hmm. contributed to the whole. Factor. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. What what was the first album that you bought? I've been thinking what I don't remember buying the first album. I think when I was at a point where I was able to buy my own, I got roped into the whole Columbia House thing at that point. Oh, I remember <laughs> I those days. <laughs> those were dangerous. Those were ah. so dangerous. You could get twelve cassettes for like a buck, and yep. then you were tied in for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, so. The one thing I do recall is I, I think the first out al- first record or album I claimed as my own when I was about three, four years old, my, my mom had a quite a collection of cassettes and, and records at the time. And there was um, a Johnny Cash album or cassette that had it had a pair of lips. And I don't recall, Rob, who the who I, I, I feel like he was on Columbia Records at the time. Mm-hmm. But for some reason my four-year-old mind could only focus on this set of lips that were printed onto the, onto the bind of the cassette uh, case. So I, I referred to Johnny Cash as kissing lips as a (laughs) four-year-old. I continue that. I remember, I remember the times uh, I had this um, little red plastic electric guitar from the Sears catalog I got for Christmas one year. And uh, when I was about three or four and, and that that turned in from when I when I would stand on the kitchen table to to sing to everybody turned into me bringing out my my little plastic amp and my my plastic electric guitar and singing along to the Kissin' Lips album, which was actually the Johnny Cash's greatest hits at the time. So there was tunes on there like Boy Named Sue and 
Yeah. Uh, I believe uh, I Walk the Line, Hey Porter, Folsom Prison Blues, and I just love them. I absolutely love those those songs. So I think if there was a first a first a first album for me, that would have been it. It would have been a some sort I can't even tell you the name of it right now or 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 why I went on to the whole kissing lips thing, but that's exactly the one. It was a it was a Johnny Cash collection of uh, of greatest hits. Oh, kissing lips. Oh, kissing lips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny how we remember certain pictures or, or thoughts in our mind's eye about how we were younger. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I was adamant. I didn't call him Johnny Cash. It was just kissing lips. And uh, what? How old were you when you first started your first band? Well. I didn't. I played a lot of so- solo stuff for forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, whether it was I get hired to do, you know, weddings or you know, kind of the one-off type type thing. Uh, I never started a band until I was, oh gosh, well into my thirties. Oh. Um, uh, my first band I joined was a, a local cover band in, in, in Grand Prairie uh, by the name of TJ Ruckus. And oh, I yeah. joined them, um, it was 2012. So I was already, I would have been, well, I guess 27, 28, 26 years old. I'm not sure how old I was at the time. Mm-hmm. Quite old, I guess, for, for our first band. But that's, uh, that's the story of that. That was, that's where I really, the first time I got on stage with a group and, you know, after after going through so many years of just being being a guy on a guitar, to jump on stage with a band was quite a quite a remarkable thing for me at that time. It was quite exciting and and quite nerve wracking at the same in, in the same breath, right? Well, yeah, you're used to playing all by yourself, and then you're with all these other guys. Absolutely, wow, <laughs> playing by, playing all by my lonesome, and now all of a sudden <laughs> I'm surrounded by my other guys. Yep, nice. So, so were you guys doing? Uh rock and roll covers country covers or a mixture of both we were it was a really country rock type thing yeah they were doing covers and i came when i came along i i was writing i was doing like a singer songwriter type thing mm-hmm. and um so we started to do some of my of my material and then uh eventually i moved on to start my own project under the brad lynch brand uh, Brad Lynch band. I can't even say my own name for crying out loud. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that uh, that led into that. It was kind of a you know a stepping stone or a you know along the musical journey, so to speak. So, so when you first started playing on your own, and before, yeah. you, uh, was that when you were still out east before you moved out to Alberta here? Um, yeah, I mean, I did. I, I was a teenager when we finally when we moved out out west. Um, so, I mean, I did, I was playing, I was doing, you know, early on, I guess I would be doing, you know, talent shows. I do lots of weddings or you know, special events and stuff. I would get hired even at, you know, 10, 12 years old. I was, I was doing lots of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so then as I moved out West, that, that slowed down for a while, you know, it kind of changed. I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't familiar with, I had to take some time to kind of gain my bearings and. Yeah. I was still in in school and stuff at the time, but I was still playing and 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 kind of honing the craft, but uh, not necessarily playing so much out and about until a little bit later on. When you were on your own, do you remember your first gig? 
Oh, my first gig. Um, I think probably or, like my first time ever on. We used to do do lots lots of weddings. Like that was always the the that was the call I'd always get first early on. It's like, oh, can you come sing on our wedding and do kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. So that would be the the first you know paid type thing, right? Of course, what. It, growing in a little, growing up in a little community, we always had our, our Christmas concerts and things like that. And right from, I guess, kindergarten on, I would always get get a, a solo type thing, or I'd, I'd do my own type uh, performance in the middle of the show, right? Yeah. In of uh, of the community, but um, weddings definitely would have been the the early on. Um, I, when I was in, I was living in Fort McMurray. When I was in high school and I had the opportunity, there was a gentleman coming, doing some live recordings there. And uh, so I went and played and then he chose me to go with them. And I went down to Calgary to play on breakfast television. I guess I would have been 15 at that time. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that would have been a, wasn't really a paid gig, but it was something where it's a little bit. Uh, it was an exposure gig. A little bit more than playing in front of a, around a campfire type thing. Yeah. So when you played for TJ Ruckus, do you remember your first gig with those guys? First gig with those guys was at, um, I think it was at the Pomeroy Hotel. Oh, yes. Yeah, the first gig uh, uh, fronting them, uh, singing with them was was at the Pomeroy Hotel in Grand Prairie. And it was, uh, I think it was a Christmas party for a local company. And, uh, and then the next weekend, we drove up to Manning and uh, played up there. And then we shortly after that we got we got quite busy playing playing kind of all over but it, it's always good to be busy absolutely yeah so when did you go out on your own to uh, create your own brand and band uh about four years now that's when i've been started started honing in on that and and creating uh something a little bit different really focusing in on the kind of the singer songwriter type thing but also with some of the players that, that came on with the band, really uh, lots of high energy um, picking and, and strumming in there too. Or uh, we have a kick-ass fiddle player too, so there's a, there's <laughs> lots of, lots of get up and go in in there now. So who's all in your band? How many guys are in the band? Well, right now the current lineup um, is uh, I have uh, Dan Olaflam is the is the drummer. Yep, and uh, and backing backing vocals. Um, on bass, I have Ryan Zahara. Yeah. On he's a Grand Prairie. I, I think he's. I don't believe he's from Grand Prairie originally, but he's from the Peace Country, born and raised somewhere around uh, maybe the Rycroft area, I believe. Okay. And then um, on steel guitar, or, or sorry, uh, pedal steel and uh, and lead guitar, I've got uh, Mac Rose. He's um he's another East Coast transplant as well. He's from uh, Grand Falls, Newfoundland, living in Grand Prairie right now. Mm-hmm. And on fiddle, mandolin, we've got uh, Matty O'Connor. He's uh, from Goshen, New Brunswick, living in Grand Pr- or living in Peace River. Spend uh, I guess he's been up in Alberta now for a dozen years or so. And then on lead guitar and banjo, and banjo, uh, Kyle Doucette from uh, Clare, Nova Scotia, and he's living in Grand Prairie as well. So. We've oh, kind of got the whole map covered. Just about. <laughs> so. Um, so four years now you've been playing as your own band. Yeah. What was your first gig with that group? 
the first gig under uh, under this banner was at the Bell Petroleum Center in Peace River. Mm-hmm. It was a little duo show. It was myself and uh, and Matt O'Connor at the time, and uh, we played. It was a Mardi Gras show that we played at the Bell Petroleum, and uh, really since then the the Peace River area has been so fantastic as far as uh, fan support and. And attendance to shows we really uh, i know myself i i'm very grateful for uh being accepted into the into the peace river fold type thing so well i was looking forward to you guys's new year's eve show too over in grimshaw this past january but unfortunately you know yeah COVID, well we all know how how, well, COVID how that shows right now again. we are yeah they shut us down again but that show is being rescheduled Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping, I'm not sure the exact date. I know I've heard some rumblings around the 9th of April, possibly. So oh, nice. we may be able to, uh, we may be able to get that one back in. That will really depend on what happens in the next little while with, uh, with what we're allowed to do, I suppose. Right. Right. Okay. And if it does go, you'll be sharing information on your Facebook page and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. So since you've been, uh, under the the banner of Brad Lynch Band, uh, so far, yeah. what's your favorite place to play? Um, we, we've had some really great opportunities with some with some large large stages, and you know some festival stages that uh, that are always fun. But for me personally, some of the most memorable experiences, is, especially playing in the Peace Country. Mm-hmm. Um, are some of these the smaller places like uh, the Rolla Pub uh, in Rolla, um, BC, just north of Dawson Creek? Yeah, that place. I don't know if you've ever ever been in there. It's such, um, it's a it's like a time machine when you walk in there, right? And and there's there's so much music all over the walls. You could you could you could still hear it reverberating from from shows that have been done for 20 years so it's wow. i love that place um another couple places even uh as far as like some of the smaller places and i i really enjoy, i like the, the large stages but i do enjoy some of the the more intimate venues like peace river brewing is is a is a little little spot i mean they only hold a handful of people but it's such a cool cool little room Mm-hmm. And the the uh, the owners up there are fantastic. Same as uh, we played a couple little trio shows at uh, Highland Brewing right there in Fairview. Another oh. great little spot, you know. Yeah. Um, love those places, those types of places. Um, down by Red Deer, there's a place called Sweet Haven Barn. I don't, I'm not sure if you've heard of that one. No. And it is kind of like a wedding venue, but they do some live events as well. And just really cool different you know it's not just your your run-of-the-mill type halls right yeah so um those are those are some memorable ones for me that i've quite enjoyed more so on the smaller side i mean some of the festival type things uh bear creek folk festival has been uh, a really cool one for us we played some rodeos and and uh items like that and uh, pbrs and those are those are more of a party scene but it's uh it's still you know every, everything's got its different different crowds right yeah so what's the biggest crowd that you guys have ever played for um i would say one of those festivals would have been as far as this group would have been the 
you know, maybe the Bear Creek crowd. I'm not sure how many people they, what their what their numbers are, but uh, that one uh, we've had uh, a, a lot of fun at that. And uh, you know, some of the some of the rodeos, there'd be two or three thousand people, I guess. But I, I don't know exact numbers, but that's kind of where the ballpark, I guess, for for what we played so far. Cool. So uh, you guys are in rehearsals right now. So uh, you got any new projects in the works then? Yeah, I've been um, I've been working over the last couple of years uh, with a gentleman out of out of Nashville, uh, Bob Funk. He's uh, producing an album for me right now, yeah. and um, he's been. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bob or not. His his wife uh, Patricia Conroy was. Uh, oh yeah was well known in the the Canadian country music scene obviously and uh he's worked with um you know the likes of well of course Patricia and the Roadhammers and Mark Wills um he's even done some guitar work for Ozzy Osbourne back in the day so he's a he's a pretty cool cat to be working with and uh so we're in the midst of of producing some some new music some reworking some of the old stuff and producing some new things and Really, the primary focus right now is to get a product cut and released so we have something, once things start to open up again, we have something to tour and market and, and get out for people to listen to. So when you guys are rehearsing in this pandemic, this shutdown, where do you, where do you guys do all your rehearsing? Well, we have been very fortunate to have uh, to have Dano uh, because... Uh, I'm not sure if you've if you've worked with him in the past, but he uh, he's probably one of the best one the best set of ears uh, around uh, when it comes to doing sound and production and things. And he's got a full setup in his garage just outside of Grimshaw, and that's usually where we meet up. Oh, yeah. He's got uh, the full our full production ready to go all the time. So actually planning to head there tomorrow morning. So. Oh yeah, that's right, right, right. Yeah, you're gonna spend most of the day there. Absolutely, yep. Well, maybe I'll be able to hear it out in the, the wind somewhere. i got to go to Grimshaw tomorrow, too. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll leave the door open. <laughs> okay. So, Brad, uh, do you have a bucket list, like anything that you'd uh, like to achieve in the near future or in the, you know, 10 years from now, five years from now? Well, the near future, the uh, the goal is to get to, uh, to get this uh, project finished up with with Bob and to get get some some music out obviously mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then going forward I mean um, there's there's lots of hopes and dreams obviously as far as what uh, you know what I'd like to do but um, the the bucket list uh, uh, there's there's probably a bunch of festivals uh, I'd like to get on maybe some stages uh, but uh, you know they they may they may may never happen, but um, you know, like venues, like I've always I've always dreamed about Red Rocks it's in uh, it's in Colorado somewhere. It's just an amazing, such a cool venue, and uh, it's like a outdoor amphitheater, outdoor amphitheater type thing, mm-hmm. and um, that's uh, it's just kind of a bucket list thing I just like to do. One when I was um, a few years ago. I got an email from a friend of mine that, uh, or they tagged me in a Facebook post or something. And it was Warner music was giving away these two tickets to go see blue rodeo. So 
I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to win these tickets. I know darn well, I'm going to win it. So I, I submitted and, and, and I be damned two weeks later, I get an email from Warner music. It's like, yeah, you've been selected two front row seats to, to blue rodeo. Nice. And, uh, my wife at the time we went and, uh, we're sitting there watching and I look at her and I'm like, I'm going to play with these guys one day. And she's like, yeah, do it. Sure. That'd be cool. So I don't know if it's the power of intention or, or what, whatever it is you believe in, but um, fast forward a couple of years and we're playing on the blue, uh, the uh, Bear Creek Folk Festival and the organizers say to me, hey, can you, do you want to get up and uh, play the finale song with some of the other artists? And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, yeah, you'd be playing with Jim Cuddy and Greg Keeler from Blue Rodeo. <laughs> nice. And I was like, no way. No friggin' way. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So he's like, they're going to sing. So you just need to play guitar and kind of sing the, uh, sing the chorus with them. And so the day comes, we we're at the, at the venue, at the, the festival and going to get on stage. And Jim Cuddy looks at me and he's like, Hey, you're singing the first verse. I was like, what? I'm not singing the first verse. I don't, I've learned, I didn't learn the first verse. I learned the second, the second verse. Cause that's what I told if I was going to sing anything, it'd be the second verse and the chorus. And uh, he kind of chuckled and he kind of pointed at his guitar because he had written his notes for, for himself because he was going to do the first verse. And he's like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, so that was my, that was my, uh, I, I said I was going to play with Blue, Blue Rodeo and sure enough, got to share the stage with him. And, uh, and Jim Cuddy threw me under the bus. It was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a seasoned guy, right? He just kind of looked and he chuckled. It was just like all right, you're gonna you're gonna come up with this, but here's what you got to do. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> but, so that would have been that would have been a bucket listing a few years ago, but I got to check that one off. So so never never discredit any of those bucket listings See, because folks, who knows? You just never know when they're gonna happen. That's right. See, folks, if you dream it, you can do it. Absolutely. Just keep telling yourself, I'm gonna do that someday. I'm going to do it. Yep. Hopefully yep. sooner than so then, later. Since then, I've been telling myself a lot of things I'm going to do, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> nice. So um, if you could play with any artist or group, dead or alive, who would it be? Um, well, I'm going to kind of revert back to what, to, to some of the earlier stories. And uh, right now, where I am as as a musician, and and just my age, um, it would really mean the world to me if I had the opportunity to play with my grandfather again. Oh, nice. That would. Uh, I mean, there's lots. I mean, there's so many artists, incredible artists that I could uh, I could name, but um, I, I think now I'd be able to kind of sit along and play with them. Uh, that would be something that. Uh, if you know if only the times could be could be turned back and he was still here i would definitely that would be that would be the one would be my grandfather yeah get him up on stage get him to jam absolutely yep nice brings us to our last question sir it's not on the list okay uh, tell us something about you that you can share that nobody knows Oh my goodness. That's a Is there that one thing that you can't share? <laughs> family <laughs> theme show. <laughs> well, it's a, it is a family show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. PG. Okay. Yeah, PG. Uh, 
one thing about me that nobody knows. Uh, I don't. That is a tough one. You gotta. That was a curveball. Hmm. Um. You know what? I, I'll. I'll. I'll actually. This might be a little serious. Um. But I'll share this. Okay. Um. For somebody who who is most comfortable, and I'm, I'm speaking of myself, for someone who's most comfortable in their own skin on a stage. I, um, mental health is definitely something that I, that is a daily struggle for me. So, um, that's, uh, I don't know, maybe that's not the, the right answer to that question, but that's, that's something I don't always share to, to everybody, but I think it's something that's really important that we, we talk about. And, um, yeah, so that's, I guess that would be the, an inside look. Uh, some of my music kind of talks about that as well, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to really be the open book, that, that's, that's the one, one thing that we should be more open about, I guess. I appreciate your time that you spent with me this evening, and I wish you the best of luck in the future. Thanks a lot, Rob. It's been a pleasure t- chatting with you, and uh, I do look forward to, to crossing paths someday. And, uh, and um, best of luck with all your future podcasts and endeavors and, and music journey yourself. So. That's it for another episode of Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harcourt, and join me next time when we interview another amazing musician from the Peace Country. Thank you, and bye for now.